Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother, Shven, and our cousin, Kile. In tonight's episode, we're going shopping, hitting up the thrift shop, Goodwill, and some of my favorites, Marshalls, Nordstrom Rack, and TJ Maxx, baby. We're going bargain hunting for some wide receivers. What's up? I like Ross. Yeah. What's a Ross? Have <laughs> you ever been to Ross? I don't even know what that is. It's like on the same level as like Marshalls and like TJ Maxx. No, yeah, like I disagree. It's not on anywhere near that level. The hope is trying to find a Nordstrom Rack product in like a Goodwill thrift store. That's the dream. I found no. a short sleeve button down avocado shirt at Ross. Is that a win or a loss? Gold. <laughs> you, can, you consider yourself is, is that a good thing for like nine dollars? Once again, I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> Were you happy? Yes, I'm happy. Okay. Yeah, I got many compliments actually on it. Oh, okay. Good for you. You must have been happy when people started walking the other way. Yeah. <laughs> avocados. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because you say avocados doesn't make it great. Yeah. At first, I thought it was avocado green, like Danny's like old uh, toilet and and shower yeah. bathtub. Yeah. But... No, oh, actually, that, green, that green was disgusting. That green is like forever, like burnt into the yeah, back of my head. Yeah. It's like, I can picture it right now. <laughs> it's amazing. But obviously Nordstrom Rack Marshalls are at, you know, the top of this list, um, as will be some of the receivers that we're picking in some double digit rounds, right? Mm-hmm. It's obviously an incredibly deep position. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the wide receivers maybe off, off your radar after you pick up a couple of running backs, maybe a tight end, maybe even you reach for a quarterback. Nothing to worry about because we're here today to help you pick a couple of uh, wide receivers. Uh, we're going to kick it off with an interesting one because he's arguably the number one, co-number one on the team being drafted currently in the early 11th round, according to our friends at Fantasy Pros in PPR leagues. And his name is Curtis Samuel. Ooh. Just a quick stat before I pass this to you guys. He had seven targets or 70 yards receiving in five of the last seven games last year. And he's being drafted, like I said, in the early 11th round. Is that crazy? Um, I'll, I'll go with this one first. I like Curtis Samuel. I don't love him because it's all based on Cam's health. Cam is not healthy. He ended the season poorly. Um, he's not more than a 25 touchdown guy. He's not more than a 3,800 yard guy. They have DJ Moore. They have Greg Olson. However, Curtis Samuel is a flash. I mean, that's the only way I can say it. He has speed. He has – he's like the inverse of, like, a possession receiver, like, whether it be a tight end on the on the Panthers or someone like DJ Moore. I mean, Curtis Samuel could stretch the field. Running back type body uh, in a wide receiver form. So, I like Curtis Samuel. I think getting him that late is unbelievable. But he does have some bodies to compete with. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, thing is, Greg Olson, I, I hate to say it, but he's probably going to get hurt. DJ Moore, I do like, yeah, and I, I never wish ill will, but like, I mean, history repeats itself. But here's a here's a more interesting fact. He played 12 games last year. He scored more than 10 points in eight of those games in PPR. So clearly Cam does like throwing to him. There's no more Funchess now. So you got DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Obviously that offense runs through McCaffrey. Well, yeah. But I can see Curtis Samuel being the number two well, I guess number three, two and a half. receiving target, yes, because, well, I mean, if McCaffrey's going to eat up 150, 150 yeah. targets out, yeah. of, out of the backfield. So, but I like, I, I think that value is, is fantastic 
for him as my wide receiver three, wide receiver four. You know what I mean? Like a flex. He's a boomer bust guy because if you actually look at his target um, from the from uh, 2018 season, you have you know a lot of games where it's four and under. I mean, most of the games are four and under. However, seven, eleven, eight, thirteen. I mean, he has some games where he's gotten targeted a lot. Um, you know, he. But like I said, like if you look through his yards per um, his average yards per game uh, per catch, the numbers fluctuate between nine and thirty six. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible. Consistent. Yeah, he might be, he's going to be more of a matchup-based guy, I think. But if DJ Moore takes a step forward, there's a chance that Curtis Samuel can take a step forward, too. Question is, how good are the Panthers going to be? They started off so hot last season. It's Cam. They it's were 6-1, and one, right, I think, at one point, And then finished the yeah. season like 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, that's, it's all based on Cam and Cam's health. So if, if Cam's not healthy, you're going to see even more checkdowns to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So. Yeah, DJ Moore is going right now at the end of the fourth round. So Ooh. it's very rich for my blood, yeah. which is, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I can see the potential, but if you can get Curtis Samuel much later, um, I, obviously if it's value based, which it should be for you all, then it's Curtis Samuel. Yes. So moving over to the AFC for a player wearing a new Jersey this year, but will he have a new prominent number two role currently going in the 12th round in PPR? His name is Tyrell Williams. How do you guys feel about this this guy? I, I've i never been a fan of Tyrell Williams. I know that considering he will be the number two now on a team, or I don't – Derek Carr threw the most disgusting 4,000-yard season last year ever. How did he throw for over 4,000 yards? I don't – so here's the thing. He threw to Jordy Nelson, um, who's no longer on the team, uh, and I think that's, that's really it. <laughs> and Jared yeah. Cook, who's gone. So Tyrell Williams, last season when he was on San Diego, or LA Chargers, I guess, he did not catch more than four passes a game. He only had one game where he caught six. This guy is purely a deep threat. I don't... He's a boomer bust, too. He's a very big boomer bust. Um, He's playing with Derek Carr. He's going to be the number two alongside Antonio Brown. I'm not saying that's going to benefit because he played with Keenan Allen, who is a very talented wide receiver as well. So he's kind of going into a same situation, but with a little bit of a step back of a, of a quarterback, mind you, they're probably going to be losing. So they could be throwing the ball a lot, but I'm not, I, I wouldn't, I don't like drafting him at all, to be honest, but I think his value for where you, if, if you want to take that risk of a boomer bust and go for it. Yeah, at his value right now, ADP-wise, I mean, he is the number two. I mean, there's nobody else. Jared Cook is gone. Jordy Nelson's not there. They have a rookie running back. He is the number two, okay? So you look at, you look at the, uh, the yards per catch during the season. Just the biggest chunk is between, like, late September into, eh, let's say, like, the end of October. 16 yards per catch, 22 yards per catch, tw- uh, 39 yards per catch, 30 yards per catch. I mean – it's unbelievable. He is that guy who's going to get you potentially four receptions, a hundred yards and a touchdown in a game, or he's going to get you zero. Yeah, I'm, I'm are not you, that chance. And are you willing to, I mean, he is the number two though, like I said. So anything changes with Antonio or. They also do have Hunter Renfro who right. plays okay. for the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Spell with a W. But, yeah. Right. With a W. Um, but yeah, but Renfro, they, I, Gruden said he wants, he wants to get him involved. He's a very talented receiver out of, uh, Clemson, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I Tyrell Williams. Tyrell going more in the slot. 
they paid Tyrell to come. I mean, they paid Tyrell actually a, a substantial amount um, for somebody of his caliber. And I think if they were going to give that out, I mean, granted, the Raiders love giving out big contracts, but um, I think he has a role. I do. And it's okay if you're willing to, once again, these are bargain hunting. This is about getting is that wide receiver hard. three. Yeah, wide receiver three in the 12th, 13th plus rounds that, you know, you're not potentially going to start them every week, but in the weeks where they have a favorable matchup, they could, boom. Yeah, it's actually uh, Western or Oregon uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, 6'4", 205-pound athlete who's 27 years old. He's a big dude. Playing on his second team. He's a burner. And based on opportunity, obviously not from a fantasy perspective, but I think the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball a bunch. Their defense is young. They're developing. They're going to be down in games. Derek Carr may throw for another disgusting 4,500 yards this year. And I think some of it personally is going to go to Tyrell. So I, I really like him in this, in this slot. So moving to a team with a new coach. And they did not draft any wide receivers or pick any wide receivers up in free agency. So I think this is a very interesting situation. They have an incredible number one who scores touchdowns every week, Devonta Adams. But I feel like the number two is really up for grabs between Geronimo Allison, Equiminus St. Brown, and is, is our main man right here, MVS. Right? He's being drafted currently at the end of the 13th round. He could be Aaron Rodgers' number two. Is that, is that bananas? Is that coconuts, as you say? Okay. Uh, yes. It's <laughs> – I okay. If I have to hear one more pundit talk about their love for Geronimo Allison, I'm going to lose my mind. What is there to love? Okay. Yes, last year, he put up 300-plus yards in five games. Awesome, but he only played five games. Is that a pretty cool name, too? Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Yes, he is a burner. He is that yards-after-catch kind of guy. He is that, you know, 15-plus yards per reception kind of guy that Rodgers loves. However, yeah, 10 games his first year, yes, he played 15 in 2017, but he only played five last year there's nothing holding them to say, yes, he's going to be absolutely the number two receiver. Valdez Scantling had eight games last year of five plus targets after week four. Okay. He was getting targeted. And I know that that's mostly because somebody like Allison wasn't there. If anything happens to Devonte Adams, that opens up everything. Okay. If Allison misses time, which he potentially will, that opens up everything. I I'm just, I hate hearing that, um, that, Geronimo Allison is the clear-cut number two in the Green Bay offense because he's not. Um, if you can get Mar uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanting in that 13th round, I mean, good God. But they do have the emergence of potentially Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Jamon Moore. Um, they still have Jimmy Graham. You know, Jamal Williams is still in the offense. So there, is we there are weapons there. But from what I saw from Valdez-Scanting, I think it's more of an eye test than it is stat lines. He has something that I, you know, I like to watch. He has yeah. intangibles, yes, that are does. awesome on the field. He's very talented. Yeah. He's, a, he's an agile dude. But I, I guess I would draft him. You're taking a complete flyer. Like like you said, you don't know. We don't know what the situation is going to be behind Devonta Adams. It's yeah. Devonta and then everyone else. And Aaron Rodgers, number two, could have a lot of value. Could. <laughs> or they could all split it. It could be it could be a number two that's split amongst Allison, Devonta Adams, and – I mean, Allison, um, uh, MBS, and somebody like – Equinemy and St. Brown. It's a, it's a, but for 14th round pick, God, absolutely. I mean, that is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's the thing about a lot of these guys, that you can get them so late that at this point, you don't, you don't need them for your roster, right? You're taking a chance. So you could essentially throw a dart at any of these guys later on and just hope, 
you know, yeah, every, every single one of these out. receivers, yeah, every single one of these receivers that's I'm gonna like that we were talking about are somewhere between like the late twelfth and like fourteenth round. I would take every single one of them, like yeah. literally every one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, and some teams have more than one of these particular athletes. In this case, moving back to the AFC East, we talked about in the previous episode a bunch the uh, four-time defending losers consecutive Super Bowls. Um, I guess I said that one a slightly less respectful. It sounded like it's all right. That was a little bit mean. Uh, that uh, one sounded a little mean. It's fine. More act, more you know, realist, optimist, all that good stuff. You got to go in between here and there. You know, drop, walk the fine line. Um, Robert Foster and Zay Jones. I mean, there's a bunch actually. I mean, Cole Beasley, John Brown, all of these guys are going 13th round and later. So the thing is, you're going to have to really monitor the situation. Who's hurt? Who's not? Who's getting looks? I mean, is Josh Allen just running around? Did he beef up the offensive line? So I could see, I could see potential in one or two of these guys. It's just, how do you know who to choose? I I really like Robert Foster and Cole Beasley out of out of the two. If I had to choose, I think Robert Foster is a talented wide receiver, still young. Uh, you obviously, if you listen to the show, you know how I feel about Josh Allen. I think you guys also like him too. Maybe not you as like much him? as maybe not as much as me. Um, but he was averaging a little over five targets a game in the last uh, seven games that he played. He also had five games of double digits in PPR. So clearly he really liked throwing to him towards the end of the season. And mind you, Josh Allen was the number one quarterback for the last like six or seven weeks. So uh, if he's not already the number one, I think he's going to be in Buffalo. Um, and then to quickly touch up, actually, we can go on to the next guy. Kyle. Yeah. Good. I'll take him. Robert Foster. Uh, Robert, you mean you mean Zay Jones? Oh, him. Yeah, go. Yeah, I'm going to go with Zay Jones. I like Robert Foster. Look, Robert Foster had uh, four 90-plus yard games, uh, but he did only have three touchdowns. Uh, his targets per game in December um, were pretty pretty good. Eight, five, seven, five. You know, good finish this season, especially in an offense that was one of the you know top six worst when it came to passing attempts. Uh, Buffalo was at the bottom of the league, but I do like Zay Jones very much as well, and it's targets are opportunities and opportunities give you the chance to score points. And if you look at um, somebody like Zay Jones, his final uh, few games of the year, nine targets, nine targets, six targets, nine targets, nine targets. He did have a stinker in there against Jacksonville, but then 11 targets against the Jets back in November. So the opportunities are there and it is an erratic quarterback with like Josh Allen. I think he has value, but he's kind of erratic. If I was going to actually put a little bit of value and faith in somebody, it probably is going to be Zay Jones. Um, I think that the touchdown potential is a little bit better with him. You're looking at a guy who could put up six receiving touchdowns, um, a guy who's going to get targeted, I think, more than Robert Foster is. And it's a guy that's going around the same time as Foster. So if we're going to have a clear-cut number one, I don't think there is one, but I'm picking Zay. All day Zay. I mean, I wouldn't say all day, but some days. Some days, exactly. <laughs> yeah, some they days. Want, they want Josh day. Allen to throw more. Like, and he, and he uh, probably I, I, wants to throw. I like him better more, like, better than I, Lamar Jackson. I like Josh Allen, but man, does he have a lot to work on throwing. <laughs> oh, he definitely does, but I think he, I think he has more of a – He has more potential, for sure. Exactly. He has more potential than Lamar Jackson, what they're really hoping for in Baltimore, which I, I still don't see that. If I see, one, if I see one more person tell me that Lamar Jackson has the intangibles to be a good passer, I – No. It's an eye test, guys. It's not a stat line. It's not something you can find. The Look at of, him. You know, yeah, it's of a computer. You have to watch it, and it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lamar. <laughs> you can run the hell out of it, though. 
And speaking of the eye test, this is a statistic that I'm just completely making up based on watching the first few games last year when this guy was a top three wide receiver. And this year he could and should be early on catching passes from 24 carat Fitzmagic in the air. They have a few, they have a few potential wide receivers, but the one we're going to talk about first, Kenny Stills, Oklahoma product. He exploded onto the scene last year for a couple games. Um, I know people were making a ton of trades in all my leagues, either to get rid of him, sell him high, or buy, or buy him, whatever. He he did it did not pan out for you if you if you held on to Kenny Stills, unfortunately. But my my eye stat is that he caught all of his passes at least thirty five yards down the field, which is what Ryan Fitzmagic does. He just he chucks it, he closes his eyes, spins around as fast as he can, and throws it. And Kenny Stills will be running, and he will catch it for a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards. I would say. Um, I think you you misspoke. You 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 meant to say Josh Rosen, right? Because Josh Rosen's going to be starting. I hope ah. he's not early on because I need Fitzpatrick so. to on the pass. <laughs> well, he's he's getting outplayed by Fitzpatrick right now in practice. I understand. Everybody gets fit, Everybody in OTAs and training camp gets outplayed by Fitzpatrick, and then you hit see, week four, and all of a sudden, trust me, I've seen enough of this as a Jets fan. I know. Okay, it's I like know. Thanos. It's an yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I think Fitzpatrick it's starts the season. I do, but I don't see him lasting more than two or three games, especially because they're going to go 0-3. Which is what you do. You get Kenny Stills, and then you trade him after he yeah. just dominated. I, I think Kenny Stills might be the only player in the league who has high trade value and the lowest trade value of any player. Like, he is the that. biggest – I think he is the biggest, put it in the books, the biggest boomer bust wide receiver in the NFL. He is somebody who could have six receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns, but he could also have zero targets in a game. Like, there's, there's nothing in between with Kenny Stills. He's in that category for me, though, where I probably will draft him every year. <laughs> it's just inevitable. Same. Uh-huh. It's inevitable. I mean, more than I, Devonta Parker, who is apparently killing. Oh my God. Okay, Adam Gase is in. Adam Gase is in the is in New York now. So this hype train that's going through Miami needs to know that he was the one who led that train. You can't continue it. You can't keep saying, you know, oh, Devonte looks great, looks fantastic. Like, shut up. I'm so, so, station I'm so over it. Station. No one else wanted him, so he stayed in Miami. <laughs> like, come on. Pretty much. He'd be but an all-pro, they're saying, if it was a game. Uh, oh, my God. He has, to play, Patrick, he has to play a game first. If Fitzpatrick does play, he had four games over 400 yards last year. Yeah, he That's, is. The, that is ridiculous. Um, uh, he had one game of 50 passing attempts, another one of 40, another one of 41. So, clearly, he likes throwing the ball. Now, yeah, that I mean, is the opportunity for Kenny Stills. Miami's not going to be good. They're going to be down. They're going to be losing, so they're going to throw. Kenny Stills could be the number one beneficiary from that. Oh. So what's, what's, what's Kenny Stills? Uh, he's going as in the 15th round, and we have Devontae Parker going in the late 14th. That's crazy. We take your pick, I guess, because who else, who else do they have? That's the question. It's, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone else is worthy enough, Kenny, and he's right now. Kenny Drake. Kenny Drake, um, exactly. Mike Kosicki coming into his second year as a tight end who – may have value i don't really know <laughs> patrick doesn't like tight ends very much so i don't see that going well but any skills uh, god that's so gross i love that's why i love disgusting. talking about miami the miami wide receiver court could be a talk of its own wait isn't albert wilson still in miami yeah yeah i said i said yeah albert. Albert oh wilson. yeah i actually like albert wilson <laughs> so i might take him actually over to two of them <laughs> you might win you a million <laughs> think about it. you don't even have to take him yeah, now that I think about it, I actually probably would take him. You could just pick him up. Last pick of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> or Preston Williams that we've been hearing, uh, hopefully turning his life around. 
yeah. right now. No ADP. There's opportunity, clearly, if they're going to throw 50 times a game from behind. So, <laughs> exactly. So let's um, for for your sake, cousin, let's let's stick in the AFC East. You seem pretty excited about this one. Uh, potential bounce back candidate, but is he is he going to be healthy? I mean, he's he's he had potential maybe two or three years ago, but how long does that last? Yes. Okay, I know who we're talking about. <laughs> I know. I know who it is. Who is okay. it? It's Jamison Crowder. Okay. Woo! Yes. Okay, Jameson Crowder sucked in 2018. He was being drafted. That's because he missed the entire year for the most part. Okay, he was being drafted actually, potentially as a uh, like a low end uh, wide receiver two in 2018. PPR. But he played nine games. He had 29 receptions, and yeah, so that that didn't end well. But Jameson Crowder lost the year, gone. He's no longer Washington. He's now with the Jets. He's going to play slot wide receiver for Sam Darnold. Okay. Sam Darnold needs, like, badly a, a great slot receiver. A great slot receiver, okay? He's got Chris Herndon to be a nice blanket tight end, and he needs so badly to have a slot-wide receiver, okay? Robbie Anderson on the outside can only do so much. Accuracy, you know, all that stuff. 2016-2017, Jamison Crowder had 95-plus targets, 790-plus yards in both years with Kirk Cousins. The Jets don't have much depth. Robbie Anderson, Chris Herndon... Quincy and Nunwa. Quincy and Nunwa, kind of. Elijah McGuire, kind of. They're, Lev Bell is, the, I think, the fact. Yeah, Lev Bell, obviously. But there's, there's really nobody else to, to siphon those targets away. You know, Robbie Anderson is a burner. He's a, you know, a red zone guy like a Nunwa. He's not going to get you, you know, 75 receptions. Jameson Crowder is that guy. Jameson Crowder, in a perfect world, has 80-plus receptions with the Jets this year. Okay? But in a perfect world, Jameson Crowder can't get hurt. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, he did play. What's crazy is that Jamison Crowder, 2015-16 games. 2015-16 uh, games. 2017-15 games. So he's not an injury-prone guy. He just had an off year. He got hurt, okay? But it's about fulfilling that contract that the Jets gave him and putting up 70, 65 receptions, give or which take. Is, which is what we thought he was going to do 60. last year. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think a floor for him, if he's healthy, is 60 receptions, like – 720 yards and like four or five touchdowns which drafting him in what the 14th round is pretty sweet i like it i, th- I think having led bell out of the backfield too because if he's dishing it out to Lev bell sam darnold that's making the linebackers kind of hesitant a little bit oh oh crap there's Lev bell but then crowder boom right across the middle so i think the addition of Lev bell actually helps him that he has a solid running back in the backfield all potential, all potential, but but we, we shall see. Strong darm Sammy, you know. See how far he can throw down the field to uh, skinny Robbie Anderson. Well, uh, <laughs> only time will tell. This is, um, this is one not necessarily based on anything but a couple big plays and hype and information that we've yet to been, I guess, privy to or they haven't really determined what to do with Tyree Kill. Uh, Sammy Watkins is the de facto number one receiver. I mean, technically it's Travis Kelsey, but he's a tight end. So is Demarcus Robinson going to emerge as the potential number one wide receiver? Just a big play threat. They have McCole Hardman. They have a couple running backs. Um, I mean, he, sh- he showed us a little bit, a couple big touchdowns toward the end of the year, but is there, is there enough to take a flyer on him late, late in the draft? Uh, there's just so much uncertainty with Kansas city. You go from being the best offense in football in 2018 to so much uncertainty in 2019. 
Um, Sammy Watkins is always an injury risk slash health concern. Um, Tyreek Hill situation is just abysmal. So we, you know, until we know more that, you know, remains the same, you know, Kareem Hunt gone for the same thing. Um, you know, what's Travis Kelty can only do so much. Nicole Hardman is a rookie, you know, Demetrius Harris, that backup tight end is gone. So it leaves Marcus Robinson. And he did have some success, like you said, in 2018, five games over 30 yards. He did have four touchdowns. So that looked good. But at the same time, his whole fantasy value is based purely on opportunity. I mean, it's only right now on opportunity. We do not know what we can, he is capable of. We've seen such a small sample size. But he's being drafted in not really at all right now. He will at some point have an ADP because people are going to see him as the only like threat uh, if Sammy Watkins is down. But uh, it's just opportunity. With rookie surrounded by rookies and injury and Damian Williams, who hasn't proven himself really either over the long haul, it's – I mean, he, he could see 100 targets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he could see 100 targets and have five, six-plus touchdowns. So, but we don't know. I have no idea. 137 targets to Tyreek last season. So let's assume that he's not playing. Where did those 137 go? They get divided out somewhat. Exactly. They run the ball more. They probably run the ball more. That's beside the point. They have this, too. Isn't it sad that if Tyreek doesn't play, like they completely fall down as far as an offense, like you said. They go from the number one offense to – which they could still be a very good offense. Travis Kelsey, 150 targets last year. After those two guys, the next was Sammy Watkins with 55. That's, that's disgusting. On a, in a very pass-heavy – so clearly, I mean, you also had over 3,000 yards with, between Kelsey and Tyreek. Again, Patrick Mahomes likes to air it out. So, I, like you said, based on opportunity. So, I think that Demarcus Robinson, he actually played one season with him. He, he can feel him out like Hardman. He's only a rookie. So I think based on opportunity and the fact that he will get targets makes him a potential draft late in the end. Yeah. Well, cause who else is it going to be? Is it going to be There's Marcus, no one. Marcus Kemp or, or Byron Pringle or Gary Dieter? <laughs> who the hell are these guys? Pringle? McCringle, Pringleberry. Who is yeah, that? I, I don't know. I really don't. But uh, Demarcus Robinson could, uh, there's no sample size to prove what he's capable of. Exactly. I mean, Laxon, <laughs> Laxon Jackson's coming out of, you yeah. know, so. That's why Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> on my, my rankings for Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I went. Oh, he's gone down. Quarterback two. I have him like quarterback five right now, I think. There's just uh-huh. nothing there. I, he has nothing. And Kelsey can't get, I mean, he could get 200 targets for this season, but that's, what's, that's what's, asking too much. <laughs> what's stopping a team, sorry to divert here, but what's stopping a team from, from now moving that free safety that would have been, you know, monitoring Tyreek Hill to now monitoring Travis Kelsey. Who else do they have? Double team Travis Kelsey. They could triple team him. Exactly. They probably could. I mean, like, seriously, what the hell? You could see Damian Williams have freaking 60 receptions this year. Do you see Patrick Mahomes' Russian yards go up? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. No chance in hell they allow him to do that. He's going to be but, spreading ketchup. But whatever. DeMar- yeah, Demarcus Robinson, I... I He's a flyer based on opportunity, and it's a damn good offense with Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Damian Williams. So it's worth a shot. Yeah, Andy Reid is still there. And I hate to say this. I hate to admit it. But if healthy, Sammy Watkins has the ability to be a top 12 receiver. It sounds crazy, but 
he's going to get the first opportunity to be the number one wide receiver. And if teams obviously know the same thing that we do, they're going to favor the coverage to Travis Kelsey, which is going to open it up for Sammy Watkins. I don't know what to do with him. Honestly, I haven't been dynasty. I don't know what to do with him. Watkins is going as right now, according to uh, fantasy football, fantasy football calculator, Sammy Watkins is going as the fourth pick of the fifth round. Yikes. Built in already. No. I mean, he's, he's, he's surrounded by a lot of number one slash one and a half receivers too. So, uh, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd is an upside too. I mean, who's my number? Yeah, my number. Love. Yeah, my 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 Rams one receiver. My Rams number one receiver in uh, Cooper Cup. So, all of those guys, I would take. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's tough. (laughs) Yeah, his 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 ceiling is basically built into his his ADP already. Yeah, you're drafting him at his ceiling. Okay, you are, dra- you are drafting higher. him. Go higher. Yeah, Unless he crazy. stays healthy and has a good season. We don't – which I really hope so. I really hope yeah. so because I love watching Sammy play. He was awesome at Clemson. I mean, it was, it was fantastic, but – He was, man. The guy is a bag of potato chips. He is very fragile. Yeah. <laughs> this is another – I mean, every, every one of these players is an interesting one. They're all flyers. They're all dart throws. He stepped up last year when Cooper Cup got hurt essentially into a number two, number three type hybrid uh, role for the Rams. Uh, Josh Reynolds, does, does he even have an ADP? I don't, I don't really think so unless you have the biggest depth. Biggest no, depth. it's way too early. It's, it's entirely too early um, to have any type of ADP for wide receivers who are probably going to be your last pick in, in the draft. <laughs> um, if you even draft him at all. Yeah, but once, once Cooper Cup went down um, – his value, I mean, he became that solid number three wide receiver in an offense that was fantastic. And he did very well. Until they weren't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look, at, you look at that KC game. That's when you really saw him start to have that role in the offense. The Kansas City game where they scored 75 touchdowns, um, you know, six receptions, 80 yards, a touchdown. From there, he, his um, targets, eight, five, seven, 12, a stinker, and then seven against the 49ers. He was he had a pretty nice size uh, role in that offense. He had the two touchdowns against 49ers, one against Kansas City. However, he is the number four again. <laughs> okay, that is the just the God's honest truth. If Gurley is down though, this is where it gets interesting. There's a chance that he's going to pass the the Goff's going to pass the ball 550 to 600 times in that Rams offense. I like Reynolds as a as a solid number three with hope that not hope but opportunity that if a wide receiver goes down. <laughs> That he steps in. Dynasty, I love him. But redraft, I don't, I don't know if I could get on board at least right now. But like you said, it's, it all depends on his opportunity to fulfill the role that if somebody does get injured, because there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense. A former pass first team that's transitioned over the past couple seasons to a run first team to try and prolong the career of the one great Drew Brees who we love. We even named an episode after him. Um, lost Mark Ingram, picked up Latavius Murray. I don't believe that they have added any wide receivers, so they still have Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn Jr. Traquan obviously being drafted much much higher right now than Ted Ginn, who doesn't even have an ADP. But is either receiver worth a, a bench spot right now? I mean, I don't I – looked, I looked extensively into this one, actually, so I'm going to throw some stats at you right now, okay? So 147 and 105. What are those numbers? The targets to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. The year before, they both had over 100 targets as well. 
after that, um, there's, there's, I mean, it was a huge drop off last season. Uh, Traquan got 44 targets last year. Not much, but he definitely made the most of it whenever he got the opportunity. Uh, I think this could be the season that he breaks out as that possible number two. Teddy Ginn, we know Drew Brees likes throwing to him. I mean, he's going to be that, you know, he's going to be that safety blanket that he's played with for a while. Uh, then you go back actually two years ago, though. I said that both Kamara and Michael Thomas had over 100 targets. Teddy Ginn actually had 70 targets that year. So clearly he likes throwing to another second wide receiver. Now, Ted Ginn wasn't that healthy last year. Or, I mean, he was, you know, he was in and out. That's why Traquan got the opportunity. So I think Traquan at least could get 70 to 80 targets this season. So I'm definitely taking Traquan this year. And I think he has the potential to not just be a deep threat. Potential wide receiver two upside there. Yeah, he's, for me, he is slotted in as the number two. So in the number two in a Drew Brees offense could have, I mean, if they, if they pass the ball more, which they're, they're saying that the Saints are going to try to pass the ball more, um, a number two wide receiver in that offense could potentially get 100, you know, targets. Maybe a little less, but, you know, Kamara and Thomas are going to eat. We went through a bunch of flyers. Do you guys have any other uh, lunch pail kids you want to uh, throw out here? Or? There is actually one that I'm looking at. Uh, I will two, one, this is, I mean, this guy's a shot in the dark. If he continues in the offseason right now, he probably, he's never going to, he's not going to be drafted. Dynasty, I really like him, is Scott Miller. Who the hell is Scott Miller? He is the, right now, I guess, wide receiver number three in Tampa because Brashard Perryman, who, uh, let's face it, he stinks. <laughs> he's not going to play. He's hurt right now. So Scott Miller is getting the reps in a Bruce Arians pass-heavy throwing offense. Jameis Winston, in 2017, when he was the only quarterback, he was actually averaging 38 attempts when he played in those 11 games. Two games, he didn't – very small amount, so I didn't even add those in there. But when he's healthy and he's throwing 38, now insert Bruce Arians, it could be, it could be even over 40. The guy, he's going to throw the ball, and I think that he's going to fill this Adam Humphreys role, which is what Jameis does like. He likes throwing to the slot if – Evans or potentially Chris Godwin are not, you know, open. So Scott Miller. Did you say you had a second one? Well, Marquise Lee, I was going to touch up. No, that's on. a good one. I like that one. Well, only if he's only if he's healthy. If he is healthy, yeah. he is the clear number one in Jacksonville. Oh, and whoa, whoa, whoa! No, I think so. Yep. Dee Dee is the number one. No, whatever. No, anyway, no. Uh, one I'll talk about. I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about one like you did. The other one I'll just mention. My the one I mention is Dante Moncrief in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm so over him. James Washington, there's uh, James Washington was drafted to be the number two there, but there's nothing to say that Dante Moncrief can't have a role in that offense. He's a nice possession guy in the end zone. He has six to eight touchdown potential. Granted, his injury history has, you know, destroyed his value, but whatever. My big one that I want to talk about that I cannot believe right now has an ADP of the 12th round is Anthony frickin' Miller. Why is he going in the 12th round? Just because Chicago has a lot of mouths to feed, just because Mitch Trubisky were uncertain – you know, how, you know, his third year will go. Seriously, seven touchdowns in his rookie year. You know, he might have had 35 yards per game kind of guy in uh, 2018, but by mid-year, he was averaging six targets uh, per game. So I love him. And the best part about all of these guys, they're all dart throws. So take a chance. And one of them is definitely going to hit. So keep tuning in. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes. 
Don't forget to use our promo code FANTASYFAM, 20% off admission or VIP ticket to SportsCon. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off.